The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome back to the second half of Jimmy's Jobs of the Future with Pete Flint, a general partner of the venture capital firm NFX. In this half, we talk about when Pete heard from Steve Jobs and Mike Moritz within the space of 48 hours, how he had to change mindset when he transitioned from being a founder to an investor, and how modern-day entrepreneurship is similar to the explorers from the last century. I was interested in the... You talked about on the 20-minute VC with Harry Stebbings about the process of NFX and moving there in terms of the way that you almost had to reprogram your brain around the way that you were doing it. And I thought it was such an interesting comment because you can look at your CV, see that you've taken two companies from inception to IPO and think, well, it must be easy for him to translate that into being a venture capitalist and dispensing that advice. But you said that the process almost took you kind of a year to reprogram that. And I just thought that anyone going into any new role will have to do an element of that. And I just wonder what your tips were for it. The process of being in a company for a decade and really focus on a vertical versus going, you know, my days are like surrounded by whether it's a computational biology meeting in the morning, a sort of like a fintech meeting in the afternoon and a board meeting and all this sort of context switching is very hard. The mistake that I guess I made in the sort of first year was founders would ask me, how do you think I should solve this problem with this go-to-market strategy? The mistake I made was really saying, well, when I was at Trulia or when I was at LastMinute.com, I did this and just bad advice because you don't want to sort of apply what you did. The flip is really to abstract the action from the kind of framework. The way to think about it is like the way that I would think about this is the following or the framework that I would apply is the following. And that helps you sort of get out of the tactics to understand the first principles thinking around this because what was relevant 10 years ago is not necessarily relevant today and in some cases completely irrelevant. I did physics undergrad so I'm kind of very much this sort of first principles thinking. What are the core principles that need to be applied? What are you trying to solve for here? And then think about what are the best solutions for that. And that's a little bit of what we try to do at NFX Now Publishing, thinking about sharing frameworks and ideas, not tactics and techniques so much, but what are the frameworks you should use to solve problems? And that we think is kind of more timeless, you know, and also an element of helping teams to come up with the solutions themselves, because founders themselves have often way more kind of insight into the market and the problems they're trying to solve. And also, if they're able to come up with the solutions themselves, then there's a much higher degree of sort of ownership and accountability about that, which they're way more excited about. And the last thing that investors should be doing or want to be doing is running companies and telling CEOs what to do. That's been the mental process that I've shifted out of. 
I think that's really interesting in terms of dispensing advice. And as a former special advisor, I sometimes think advice is a very loaded word because it comes from your own perceptions and biases when you're giving it to other people on their careers. And like you say, the world changes so fast now that almost your advice can become very out of date very quickly. And almost thinking of it in terms of careers counsel rather than advice is a very valuable thing to do. And and that's why they're 10xing your career piece is so good for that because it's you saying this is my story these are the things I did and it's not that advice side of things one of the final parts of that you talk about leadership mindset and hiring for that how can people demonstrate that to you and I guess one of the key parts of this is how has the recruitment process changed over the last 20 years because it used to be the kind of written cv face-to-face interview. That is now being changed in a variety of different ways. We've had Hayden on from Bull, for example, talking about all the different data tests that they now ask people to do when they want to join and so forth. So I'd love to know how people can demonstrate that leadership mindset and just how you've seen the recruitment process change over the last few years and how you think it might change in the future as well. On the leadership mindset, I think one of the little hacks that I've used over the years, just as I've recruited people, is going through their CV or resume and really trying to understand what are the risks that that individual's taken. Because I think you absolutely want people to take risks. You want people to be ambitious, to risk-taking, to move the ball forward and understanding what risks they're taking. Also, what are the areas that they're taking beyond their core expectation? Where you see individuals that are, and you've seen this in organizations, there's someone who is like their day job is X, but they're also helping out their colleagues in this area and that area. And there's a project that is failing and they're jumping in to help. It's not part of their job description. They're just taking it on because that's the right thing to do. The word gets out. And so I'd really encourage folks as they think about not what they're supposed to do, but what they can do to help organizations. So those are kind of simple things from a leadership perspective. And there's more in the article. From a recruiting perspective, I put it down into sort of two things. So one is just the tips and tactics for individuals. So one is just we're in a world where because we can't meet up so often face to face anymore, if someone is able to build trust through various different ways, their conversion rate to hire is going to go up dramatically because there is everyone's cautious about hiring right now. But if you're able to find warm introductions or connections or context or like just build bonds with people and get those instructions. That is just a surefire way to separate yourself and engender trust. And there may be other ways that you can think about building trust that you're going to be a good person. And downside of this is it can permeate some pre-existing networks. There are ways that individuals can do that if they're not part of pre-existing, just by hustling and sort of connecting and finding people. I've been blown away when I've received people looking for jobs or general networking where the give is that they want a job. And then they also like literally write a kind of four-page document about areas or sectors or case studies if that's proactive then it's a wow factor where they've proactively like saying i want to be a domain expert on this i have this interest in this and you write it down to share it with them and i think there's so many more sort of case study interviews happening right now get ahead of it if you think you're going to get a case study interview just do the case study ahead of time absolutely i think that's great advice and yeah, like you say in the piece as well, you know, cold emailing does work, particularly if you can be inventive about what you're putting into the cold email. The way this online world, whilst it puts up certain barriers as well, it can also lead to a democratization of networks as well for people that are determined. So just a couple of quick ones to sort of finish on, if that's works with you, Pete. But I just wondered who are perhaps some of the most inspiring companies out there at the moment that we might not have heard of that are in the NFX network? 
Yeah, so one company that's hit the news recently in the US is a company called Mammoth Biosciences. And this is a CRISPR company. So it's in these computational biology platform. And we invested three, four years ago in this team, PhDs in Stanford and Berkeley. It's, you know, a remarkable piece of technology, which is really going to transform society and healthcare. And one of the co-founders is a woman called Jennifer Dunda, who recently won the Nobel Prize. It's a sort of remarkable company. And so that's one that we're particularly excited about, particularly now, which I think that, you know, their role in rapid testing this year and next year, I think will be critically important for our society. Well, that sounds like a, a very impressive company that's on its way. Who inspires you on a day-to-day basis? Who inspires on a day-to-day basis? Oh, gosh, I mean, there's a lot of my partners inspire me, the founders inspire me. One of the most inspirational moments that I think sort of helped me set me on my path was an experience I had when I graduated from Stanford. And this was such a pinch yourself moment. But the graduation speech when I graduated was by Steve Jobs. You know, he gave this sort of stay hungry, stay foolish speech which is just a sort of remarkable speech and just a remarkable experience that always sends chills down my spine. And so that was on the Saturday. And then on the Monday, I was sitting down with Mike Moritz, pitching him Trulia. And Mike Moritz is famed Welshman and venture capitalist at Sequoia Capital. Those two individuals stuck with me over 15 years as, you know, clearly some of the most inspirational people and product builders and investors that you can imagine. So those two individuals in the space of 48 hours have continued to inspire me to this day. Yeah, I mean, the Steve Jobs speech, uh, commencement speech at Stanford, it is amazing. It really is one of the best speeches I've, I've ever seen. I am always think it's a bit of a shame that commencement speeches aren't a bigger thing here in the UK, actually, in terms of being recorded and distributed wider, because it's an amazing thing. And of course, Mike Moritz as well, an amazing venture capitalist, not perhaps widely known as born in Cardiff and was a journalist, which isn't the sort of stereotypical VC background, but it does show that success can come from lots of different walks of life. As a final point, I just wonder what's the best book you've read recently for those that might be looking at filling up Christmas reading lists? That's a good one. I think in terms of books that I recommend, The Story of Endurance, which is the story of the Shackleton voyage, is just a remarkable book. So I don't know if for founders to kind of read through that book. I love these sort of adventure stories. And so I would sort of recommend the book or the movie about Shackleton's incredible voyage in the South Atlantic and Antarctica. I think that's a great one to finish off because often entrepreneurship is so much about the modern day explorers, right? It's just a different world that we're now exploring, not geographical locations as much, but you know, the online world and how we fit things together. Very inspiring. It's so true. So thanks very much for coming on the show, Pete. And like you said at the start, hopefully we can do this in person next year at some stage and catch up again. My pleasure. All right. Really good to Brilliant. speak to you today. Thanks, Jimmy. A key theme of this podcast has been the challenge entrepreneurs face in getting the right level of experience for a fast-growing company. Flexible hiring is the most obvious route whilst you grow, but it's difficult to find experienced hires that can hit the ground running through traditional recruitment firms that don't focus on flexible workers and charge expensive market rates. This time versus experience versus cost was exactly the dilemma faced by Wesley Rashid at Accountancy Cloud. The Juggle platforms automated the recruitment process from job placement to payment of talented, flexible workers. It made the hiring process 25% quicker. He was able to hire the perfect candidate on a flexible basis through Juggle, and this resulted in him saving both time and money. Wesley told me, it's one of the best decisions I've made for the business. I won't be using any archaic recruitment processes anymore, and I fully recommend using Juggle to any growing startup. 
You can check them out at juggle.jobs. That was a great session with Pete Flint. That interview was deliberately orientated around the 10xing your career essay on the NFX website. So there is a bit less that I would put into a PM briefing note. There were, though, still a couple of very interesting points. Prime Minister, we met with the NFX venture capitalist Pete Flint this week, who was involved in the founding of $2 billion companies in lastminute.com and Trulia. Some of the fastest growing sectors he mentioned were artificial intelligence, computational biology, blockchain and virtual reality. On Careers Council, I thought Pete's advice on picking sectors was very valuable. As he said, it is very hard to pick an actual company, but if you pick a growing sector, even if that initial move doesn't work out, you'll have learned a lot about the sector, built connections, and that will allow you to make another move within the sector later on. I enjoyed the story of Pete doing work on the internet whilst at JP Morgan in the 1990s. It is worth thinking about what sectors are growing now that interest you. You can then research them and possibly present them within your company. We briefly mentioned the Gartner hype curve, which is worth checking out to see which sectors are on the rise. When assessing potential sectors, there is lots of guidance in the essay on how to do this. But I thought the three points that Pete mentioned in the podcast on why now were thought-provoking. Think about one, technology trends. Two, cultural trends, such as remote work, for example. And three, economic trends, e-commerce and desire for more experiences. Pete described himself as a student of network science. It was a compelling phrase, Building networks, whether in person or through a company, is hard, and even harder to maintain them. However, as we have discussed a number of times, this strange online world that we live in at the moment gives you an opportunity, allowing for more cold approaches. But take the time to do your own reference checks, allowing you to find some form of common bond or context that you can provide to make yourself relevant. As Pete said, The most important thing of working with a great manager can be just the ability of enjoying hanging out together, which strongly reminded me of the story in our first episode with Hayden, where he cited getting on with his line manager and discussing TV shows such as The Wire. Something that has been a common theme throughout the interviews has been mindset. Pete talked about how to demonstrate leadership mindset by taking risks. However, it struck me how he had to evolve his own mindset. He had taken two companies from idea to IPO, but as a venture capitalist, he had to switch from just dispensing his direct advice on actions into using more of a framework from his experiences for other founders to learn from. It actually struck me re-listening to the interview that it is a bit similar to being a parent. Rather than telling your children the answer, you should allow them to figure out the answer for themselves. It demonstrates no matter how successful someone has been, your mindset will always need to evolve. In terms of further reading and actions, the NFX essay on how to 10x your career is brilliant. And it's also worth reading their essay on network effects. On sources of information, we have touched on before about how there is so much information out there, it can be difficult to know where to get the best sources from. Most VCs have monthly newsletters where they send updates on companies they have invested in and updates from their portfolio. And as Pete said, this allows you to follow the money. If you are in the mood for signing up to newsletters, do sign up to this podcast's email newsletter, which you can find by Googling Review Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. That is Review spelt R-E-V-U-E and then Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. I give lots of additional information there about upcoming guests and summaries of the best parts of episodes. 
As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We are at Jimmy's Jobs. Thanks to all of you who are sharing us. If you have enjoyed this episode in particular, please do consider sharing it with a friend directly. Thanks very much for listening.